And photography is really the common language for us. It's the glue. Mm -hmm. it, this is how we communicate. Mm -hmm. We love photography. Mm -hmm. When we travel, we get up, you know, have some breakfast, go shoot, mm -hmm. walk, 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 stop for lunch, mm -hmm. continue shooting, have a drink, have a coffee, mm -hmm. continue shooting, have dinner, mm -hmm. continue shooting. You know, it's like, you know, we just yeah, that's we, we live photography and yeah. that's the glue. From Stockholm Studios in Bushwick, Brooklyn, this is The LPV Show, a weekly discussion from the world of photography and photo books. Here is your host, Brian Formals. <laughs> well, we're here in Bushwick, and I really like the idea of, other than our Instax shutting down again, <laughs> but you guys are going to introduce each other so I don't mess up the names. Mm. Here to my left is Hedi Young Min, originally from South Korea. Yeah. <laughs> and I have uh, Jaime Permuth from Guatemala. And you two are married. That's right. And you're both photographers. Mm -hmm. Both really good photographers. And you guys got some uh, interesting projects. I was really like going both into both of your websites. I was like impressed with like the, you know, how many different projects you guys have <laughs> like put together <laughs> over the years. So we're going to, we'll try to talk about it, you know, a couple different ones. Um, First of all, I just want to say congratulations on your book, I mean. It's a beautiful Thank book. Thank you. And this was, uh, it's, um, how do you say it again? It's Yonkeros? Yonkeros. Yonkeros. Yes. And this is, takes, this is about the um, the shops in Willits Point. Scrap metal the scrap businesses, metals, right. junkyards. Um, it's it's changed radically since I was there. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the book was shot in 2010, and nowadays I would say most of the business are shut down. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, that's when I started shooting was um, the the real, you know, turning point for the junkyards and when they lost a, a decades long mm -hmm. uh, battle with New York City that want to shut them down mm -hmm. for, for ages. So is that what brought you to the project? Is Not that kind all. of, or was it, how did you, how did you, is this something you stumbled upon or were you researching it? What brought you to... This place, and how did you know? Like, I have to, I want to photograph here. Um, I the project that I was doing before Yonqueros was mm -hmm. uh, Tarzan Lopez, where I traveled mm -hmm. with the circus in Guatemala, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, there's similarities there. I mean, the mechanics, like the people who work with the circus, are mm -hmm. often people who have nowhere left to go, mm -hmm. and so they're at the end of the rope and they look for a lifeline, and. Um, I've always been interested in, in stories like that. People who, you know, are not in the mainstream. They resist. They have mm -hmm. their own sort of set of values and culture. And little uh, enclaves of resistance like mm -hmm. that. The circus or the junkyards. Mm -hmm. I find that fascinating mm -hmm. um, and romantic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this was not front page news mm -hmm. anywhere, but it's always in the back pages of the of the media mm -hmm. and um, and one day I just went out I had been curious about it for a, maybe a year uh -huh. when uh, when I finally just on a lark I took the train out uh -huh. to uh, to Willits Point <laughs> that's the station on the seven line yep. almost all the way to Flushing and, and just to check it out for myself mm -hmm. and so how long did you work on it I spent a year photographing mm -hmm. eight square blocks mm -hmm. And um, did the, I was just going to say, did, because you have a lot of portraits in there, did, did, 
the people know what you were up to or was it kind of like, how did you approach them with the project? You're a photographer and I'm working on this book. How did, what was the reaction of the people? Well, you know, um, I, I just wanted to kind of go there and see how I felt. Mm -hmm. The first day I walked around with my camera visibly um, and talked to people all day long. Mm -hmm. Because there's always a structure. You, you are not aware of it when you start a, a documentary project. You're not aware of a hierarchy and structure of a community. And mm -hmm. you have to kind of walk in and feel your way around and see how you are received and how you feel about them. And mm -hmm. so I spent the, the first day talking. And then towards the end of the day, just as I was about to leave, I did a series of photographs, mm -hmm. came back home. I'm very impatient. I downloaded, mm -hmm. backed up, of mm -hmm. course. Mm -hmm. Um, started selecting and and uh, and I loved what I saw, so mm -hmm. I, I was hooked. Mm -hmm. I think you, as an immigrant from Guatemala, that's a big part of you know being involved with their their life, and you could talk to them in Spanish, and you could mm -hmm. have beer in the middle of the day over their lunch. <laughs> yeah. If you join mm -hmm. them, you don't you know thinking about photographing them until they're fine with you, mm -hmm. and then and then a few weeks later you bring the photograph of them and then, you know, you make better relationship mm -hmm. and, you know, introduce to other people. I think that wouldn't have happened to me. Mm -hmm. He always has, even with that camera, he can talk to people in anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah, that's really, <laughs> we were talking to Greg Miller and he was, one thing Greg Miller said is like that, when he first approached people on the street, he was like terrified and he was like, I was always afraid of it. And the one thing that I've learned is like that fear never goes away. Like it's always with you when you're approaching people to make a photograph. Do so you, you have? Are you, is it always there? Are you apprehensive or is it a little bit more, you just, is it a natural thing where you can go up and. He said continue? that feeling is always there, but your relationship with it can change. Right. Your relationship mm. with it. Yeah. 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 Cause I can't, like me approaching people on the street to like what it's very. I can't do it. <laughs> At least yet, I haven't built up that that skill set yet. You know, um, I, you know, I'm I'm curious. Mm -hmm. I'm more curious than I'm fearful mm -hmm. in general in life. So that helps. Um, and also, I mean, you learn by just by being out there and doing this mm -hmm. that you. It it's never you're never incommodating somebody by asking or engaging them. If anything, the rejection is on you. Mm. It's harder to be shut down when you initiate. So mm -hmm. if you come up to somebody and you say, mm -hmm. hey, you know, I'm, I'm here. I want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. uh, if they don't want to talk to you, the only feelings that got hurt were your feelings. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. you also develop a thicker skin because you know that, that it's a little bit of a, of a, of a gamble. You know, mm -hmm. some people will shut you down. Some people will let you in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when people do let you in, it's a kind of blessing. Mm -hmm. And I think what, I think something that's interesting is that there's kind of, now I want to talk about um, one of your projects, mm -hmm. which is kind of the opposite of engaging, <laughs> which is, <laughs> and this was one that, it won the, you wasn't it featured conscientious, mm -hmm. you, you got yes. picked up and it was, um, the name of it is channel 247, right? Yes. And now on this one, and I remember seeing this a few years ago when it came up, and it actually caused quite a bit of like uh -huh. <laughs> conversation in like the street photography community because you were 
literally kind of looking out your window mm-hmm. and all the people that kind of passed by through like became the subject of your photographs and right. it had this very this sense of like surveillance you know mm-hmm. and that was a big kind of part of it so how I'm just kind of curious like how that project if you want to let us know how that one evolved and like you know how you came about that because I thought it was really you know, kind of perceptive and timely when it mm-hmm. came out too you know well it just happened when I moved to his place we had to move the big table toward to the big window mm-hmm. the three windows uh, in one side so we started having meals sitting next to each other, not facing each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we were facing the windows. <laughs> That's how I started watching out on the street through mm-hmm. my uh, windows. And it became like a TV screen, mm-hmm. like three TV screen. And I noticed, started notice, noticing the same people passing by on a certain time or mm-hmm. the neighbors across the street. And so I started named them and made up stories of everybody. Uh. <laughs> I don't know any of them mm-hmm. because I was very stranger in that neighborhood. And that time I wasn't really, you know, uh, feeling going out. So I stay, preferred to stay home mm-hmm. and I started photographing them. And I feel like I lived life through the strangers or the passerby or neighbors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, I don't know. If you could tell, say that uh, surveillance camera, mm-hmm. because they were in the public space. Sure, sure, sure. And in the end of the uh, project, I felt like I treated them as an actress mm-hmm. on my TV, mm-hmm. but actually I was one who trapped in the little box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then right. they're really yeah, walking and yeah. live their own life. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. No, I think I think there's. I mean, that's why it's such a good project and why it's so interesting because you have these kind of like that dynamic mm-hmm. and these different questions that come up. Um, how? What was your reaction like after it kind of got all this recognition? You know, conscientious is one of the bigger, you know, <laughs> websites out there, and it's you know something like that happens. You're gonna get people kind of recognizing it. Was that? Um, yeah. When after that, uh, conscientious. Uh, uh, Award. Award. Award portfolio party. Uh-huh. Yeah, whenever I go and show my share my work, mm-hmm. people say that you know they've seen and then they had conversation, mm-hmm. just like you did it once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. So I was surprised, and I didn't think of um, the people who would talk about this project. Mm-hmm. You know, also lead to different conversation mm-hmm. because it was kind of huge the surveillance or. Um, but it was not really my attention, mm-hmm. uh, my my um, intention to to make this project. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a I had a very interesting relationship to it in my own way mm-hmm. because we'd sit down to breakfast and be like you know French press coffee cups bowls of cereal uh-huh. and her canon with her glass always, <laughs> yeah. always, yeah. always there you know yeah. and then yeah. she would, we would be eating cereal mm-hmm. talking you know about whatever and she would get up and take a picture mm-hmm. take another mm-hmm. picture mm-hmm. I you know come back to a table this went on for a year uh-huh. and I never saw an image so I wow. could only guess at what she was doing I mean she, wow. she doesn't like to show work in progress and so when it was all done I was stunned mm-hmm. at how inventive the work actually was mm-hmm. how many ways of framing and 
you know, uh, organizing the space of the window mm-hmm. because how many possibilities are there? I mean, right, there, there, right. there are the three windows, mm-hmm. but endlessly inventive in mm-hmm. how, you know, she isolated the people from the background mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. or you know, eliminated some of the distracting mm-hmm. elements on mm-hmm. the street to really focus your attention, guide your, your looking. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> that was mm-hmm. my reaction. <laughs> I was like blown away when I saw. Yeah, well, I, I think you were using a long lens, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, traditional street photographer, I would say, I don't want to say traditional, but, but like a lot, the majority of street photography is tended like wide lens, 35 millimeter, yeah. like mm-hmm. up close. And here was this street photography in New York that's like has this kind of distance to mm-hmm. it done in such a way that, you know, Again, like I think I remember there was some in, in the street photography community too. It was like, hey, the long lens, kind of out the window, like this kind of stuff. Um, but again, like what you say is like that the compositions and the inventiveness, but then the structure that you put behind it, it kind of like all worked. Um, I found it interesting that people, I think those moments that I photograph when they just stepped out to get to the subway station or the mm-hmm. deli or, you know, taking out the trash is the, the I think, the least important moment of their life. <laughs> right. And then I think that in that moment that mm-hmm. it shows their personality or you know their the feeling. So mm-hmm. my photograph is could could somebody say boring, mm-hmm. but I found the little you know emotions on their face and the differences every day mm-hmm. were very interesting. Mm-hmm. And once I miss the shot from the first window, I moved to the next window. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> the third window <laughs> to get the better angle <laughs> or, yeah. So how did you kind of win at what point you're like, you know what, I'm done with this. When <laughs> moved. Oh, when you moved. <laughs> oh, there you go. Like, <laughs> that, I love that. That's the same way. I like how projects end that way. And it's <laughs> like, the, the thinking is done for you. <laughs> That's yeah. it. It was so, clear. <laughs> yeah, so are you working on a book of it? What's, what is the final... Do you, is it something you see as a book, or are you are you happy having it just kind of live as it uh, is? Right I had to show uh, with the with the work um, here and there, mm-hmm. and uh, well, not every project has to be a book, but f- mm-hmm. that project I would like to have a book mm-hmm. someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like a TV uh, screen, the <laughs> TV screen. Yeah. But still thinking. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love it. I think that's great. I think there's no reason, you know, these days people do their projects and they have to have their book right away. I think like it's like sitting on books or book dummies and, and having them hang around for a while is like very good and like mm-hmm. to see, you know, if it sticks up. Because a lot of times, you know, you'll do a project and then a few years later it's like, oh, it's not really what I think. Or again, just like, kind of figuring out how you want to present it as a book. Um, For me, uh, the timing to make the project is very important for me. Mm-hmm. I had to make that project when I lived there before I moved. And then, you know, most of the project that I've done is uh, done in the right moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But how it lives after that mm-hmm. doesn't really matter if it's going to be like, next year or mm. 10 years later, I think mm-hmm. it's, it's there. Right. So, and maybe if you go back five years later, you could see different things and it could be, you know, in a different form. I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the, and I think that kind of, there's, a, you know, the theme you guys both photograph in New York. These are both kind of New York projects and you have 
this, I don't know if this is your latest project, but the one called Personal Landscape, mm-hmm. and you're kind of you're combining photographs from Korea and New York, mm-hmm. and this one you're actually stitching them together. Or how are you? Is that are you compositing them together? What's the nature of this this project? Yes, uh, last year uh, was my tenth anniversary of living in New York. <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, and. I mean, as soon as I really wanted to just escape Korea, and mm-hmm. then I came here in 2005, even though I really wanted to uh, be somewhere else than Korea, I missed Korea so much. As I found out that I missed so much. So wherever I go, I was thinking of Korea, mm. the street or the people or the building. So I was imagining if I'm, I was looking at, Korea, the street, the, the building. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then a few years later, I found myself doing exactly the same in Korea, missing New York mm-hmm. whenever I go to Korea. So right. the two landscapes started mixing in my head. Mm-hmm. So uh, there was a moment that, you know, the two emotions kind of, you know, uh, mingle each, each other. So I wanted to make that uh, the third city right. that exists only in me visible mm-hmm. so I started mm-hmm. making archive of two uh, landscape of two cities and then mm-hmm. uh, for three years and then uh, dig- digitally composited mm. that's interesting because that's you know a lot of times there's, you have photographers like I'm a straight photographer and it's an image and I'm not going to do anything or like and then you have other people who will you know all bets are off and mm-hmm. they'll composite look construct here and you kind of like it seems to be like it's a project by project basis you mm-hmm. choose choose the tools technique or you know idea that fits the mm-hmm. you know I'm no good at Photoshop <laughs> so I can't even it's not even an option for me so anyone who can kind of pull that off you know realistically I think is great but I just don't have the skills you know so is this is this project ongoing or is it something that you uh, it's completed? almost done mm-hmm uh, I'm still working on few uh, images for the final retouching, but mostly done. I mean, one image can take a couple of weeks to make. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. yeah, sometimes more. Some of them are really thin. I mean, where you have to mask out every leaf in a tree. I mean, it's wow. Yeah, <laughs> one of the stuff. recent images that I made was mm-hmm. uh, two forests combined, one from Korea and one from. Central Park, mm-hmm. and there was a one had kind of dark background, and the other one was against the sky. So when you combine those forests together, mm-hmm. all the leaves, the lines, it doesn't go well. Uh-huh. So I had to mask out, like, I don't know how many holes. <laughs> wow. wow! So until I like really couldn't see the screen anymore, uh-huh. my eye hurt so much. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's one of the hazards. It's like, I just like I, I never really, I just never learned how to do any of the Photoshop <laughs> stuff. I gotta like, Tom, do you know how to do any of that stuff? Uh, I wouldn't call myself a professional retoucher, <laughs> right, but right. I can do some tricks. <laughs> well, that's how we met. We went to SVA for mm. the Masters in Digital Photography program. Oh, I, I myself felt that was a big lack. Mm-hmm. You know, I I had been working as a photographer already for you know, more than a decade and mm-hmm. had exhibitions and sold work to institutions and collectors, all analog. And then all of a sudden digital 
came along and I, you know, I didn't feel prepared. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I went back to school uh, and, and got a, a second master's at SVA mm -hmm. um, because I, I felt like I didn't have the tools to produce in the new digital mm -hmm. culture. Mm -hmm. And so I can totally relate when you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When you say, you know, I yeah. didn't have the tools. I went through that mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, and, and we met in the master's mm -hmm. program. Mm -hmm. So um, what's your first master's in? Photography. So masters. So you have where was where did you get that one? SBA. Oh, so both of them SBA. <laughs> so master digital photography, and then now you teach at SBA. Well, I I went to I I came to New York in the early nineties, mm -hmm. and I got a master's in fine arts, uh, in photo and uh, related media from SBA. Mm -hmm. uh, Charlie Traub is the department yep. chair there, and then fifteen years later. I went back and I studied with Katrine Neisman and mm -hmm. Tomash, um, uh, SBA, uh, MPS Digital Photo. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and yeah, that's where we met. And photography is still the glue. <laughs> so what are, you, but what are you together. teaching these days? What do you I teach? organized a lecture series, oh, yeah, like lecture series. of which you've been yep. Yep. a participant, a presenter. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's bi-weekly. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, it's a great gig. I love it. I, mm -hmm. I get to meet the people that inspire me the most mm -hmm. in person, invite them to speak to our audience. Mm -hmm. And um, I also, um, I'm teaching workshops for SBA in Cuba mm -hmm. this, uh, this coming month and, and then later in the spring. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so S SBA is not a full-time job mm -hmm. for anybody. Mm -hmm. They have mm -hmm. that you know, that is their philosophy of right. hiring instructors is they hire you to teach a course mm. or two, mm -hmm. but they want you to have an active practice. Mm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So speaking of Cuba, you started photograph, you have a project kind of underway in Cuba. And how long have you been working on that? Well, you know, I we went to Cuba um, in November of 2014. Mm -hmm. When I say we, I say Katrina Eisman and myself. We mm -hmm. were both um, invited to present at La Fototeca de Cuba. Mm -hmm. They have a month of photography. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a great opportunity because growing up in Guatemala, um, people were very cynical and sarcastic about anything that had to do with communism. Mm -hmm. It was a very right-wing climate and there was a civil war going on. Mm -hmm. And so I grew up with a lot of prejudice about Cuba and Nicaragua. Mm -hmm. And then this opportunity presented itself to actually go and see for myself. And of course, that's where it's at. You know, mm -hmm. you got to go and see for yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, it was eye opening. Um, I spent a very short but intense time there. I spent mm -hmm. 10 days. Mm -hmm. And when I returned, a week later, Obama and Castro announced their intention to normalize relations. Oh, wow. It was a week after. A week mm -hmm. after wow. I came. So, yeah. you know, when that work was published in uh, Guernica, Guernica mm -hmm. Magazine, mm -hmm. it's a journal of arts and politics, mm -hmm. they gave it the title uh, before, Cuba Before the Eclipse, which, mm -hmm. which I thought was a beautiful yeah, title. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we're going back uh, to teach workshops, mm -hmm. uh, Katrina and I. Um, but I, I plan to continue shooting. And mm -hmm. it, it, history is, is very peculiar in terms of this Cuba trip because mm -hmm. when we go in March, we'll either coincide or be slightly ahead of President Obama's visit, mm -hmm. which is the mm -hmm. first presidential visit in 80-something years. Yeah, yeah. 
So there's something. I mean, it's yeah. not. I maybe Katrina has Obama's ear. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, maybe. She's, she's not just a chairperson. Sweetie Gary, yeah, she's yeah, an influencer. Yeah. Oh yeah, she definitely is. I've been following her for <laughs> several years on Twitter. She's yeah, she's all over it. So uh, it's interesting. Well, Cuba is because I wonder. It's always. There's always been that I feel like photographers have this fascination with it, you know, long before when it was closed and you want to, I don't know, there's some, there's some drawn to it. It's like kind of closed to the West and, you know, trapped in a certain period. And now that, you know, it is open, I wonder, you, you, do you have this fear that maybe we'll see a lot, so many photographers going down to Cuba now that it's like normalized and there's going to be this glut of Cuba projects? How do you kind of... Maybe you're not thinking about that, but it's something that goes through my mind is like, wait a minute, is this going to be, is it going to be an over photographed kind of place now? And oh. how do you, how do you work to kind of differentiate your work? Cause I feel like your work, the stuff that I that saw on your website feels, you know, it's in kind of in the street tradition and it's, but it had this feeling to it that it felt very kind of like not, you know, the cliche type stuff you see out of Cuba, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, how how to answer that question? A, I don't feel proprietary about Cuba. I mm -hmm. mean, I I wish the Cuban people the best, mm -hmm. and that's paramount, right? That they somehow stay true to their roots and their history, mm -hmm. but at the same time have access to a better life, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because things are not easy in Cuba right now. Um, there's a lot of hardship, and mm -hmm. when you walk around the street, the, what you hear all the time. Repeated and repeated, almost like a Greek tragedy chorus, is there is no future. There is no mm. future. Everybody's saying it, the young people in particular, there is no future. There is no future. Um, maybe that's going to change now. That I mean, I know Q1 people must be ter tremendously excited about Obama's visit. Mm -hmm. um, I myself, you know, Cuba is a, a part of what was repressed mm -hmm. during my childhood. It was always like the, the secret the dark secret of Latin America. Mm, mm. So I needed to go in and find out. Um, and I tried to make pictures that resisted this very uh, seductive surface. Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. a photographer's paradise. I mean, it's so seductive. Mm -hmm. uh, the color, the textures, the people, the uh, the cars, you know, <laughs> everybody <laughs> yeah, is yeah. like the, the cars, you know, yeah, they, yeah, they exactly. suck you in. Cause, exactly. Because it, it's really like you walk out on the street and it's like the 1950s all over uh -huh. again. But you, you, the challenge is to move beyond that mm -hmm. and to try and, you know, make a true connection. That's very difficult, mm -hmm. again, because... There is always a power relationship. And so people know, they look at you with your fancy camera and they know you're bringing dollars mm -hmm. and they don't have those dollars. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's that, you know, what they need from you and what you want from them. Mm -hmm. And what I, the only thing I really want is a true connection. I want human, human interaction mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in those photographs. Mm -hmm. um, easier said than done. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back. And man, I feel like a broken record, but you guys, the books that you guys brought are really amazing. And I think we're going to have a good conversation about those. We'll be back in a couple of minutes.
Boom. We're back. We are back. Wow, and we've got a whole bunch of books on here. Some good ones. Of course, good ones. Our guests only bring good books. Yeah. Yet to have. <laughs> we turn them away when they bring the we bad turn. ones. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Don't ask for the doorbell. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Go home I don't. and get the better ones. <laughs> exactly. Well, me and Tom kind of sometimes feel a little uh, selfish. We're like, oh, we're so lucky that we get to see these books, you know, and like, you know. Of course, we like having the conversation and having the people over as well, too. But um, no, really, like it's it's always fascinating what what books people bring because it's, there's all different reasons. And you know, it's what I like about this, and what I've kind of said in the past too is like I've stopped really sort of paying like a lot of attention to all the brand new stuff that comes out because I, I through the show. I'm exposed to books that come out 40 years ago, 50 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, last year. And like that mix and unpredictability to me feels like such a natural way to like enjoy photo books because, you know, if you've never seen the book before, like it's new to you. Like I have never, I, don't, I can't, I think this is the first time I've seen Exiles. And it's, of course, Joseph Kodelka. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, Kodelka. One of the amazing documentary photographers yeah. of the last century, for sure. And you know, the I thing- swiped this book from my father's library. Right. Yeah, he had a beautiful library, uh-huh. and uh, you know, did was, he know? No, he, no, he <laughs> never figured that out. Mm-hmm. Um, there were certain books that I couldn't bear to part with once mm-hmm. I got my hands on them. This was one of them. Mm-hmm. So, so I just never replaced it in the shelf. <laughs> And then it traveled with me. Mm-hmm. When I uh, finished high school, I went to Jerusalem. Wow. Mm. Exiles came with me. <laughs> After wow. Jerusalem, I moved to Europe. I still had Exiles. Then I came to New York. It's still in my collection. Holy smokes. It's been with me, you know, for decades now. And it's a companion. And that's one of the really special things about printed books. Mm-hmm. I mean, also the fact that you can have it signed, which Kudelka did sign this book for wow. me. Wow. When um, did you get him to sign it? That was, uh, Aperture had a, a talk by Kudelka a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's a rock star. It was standing room only, but mm-hmm. think subway rush hour in Beijing. Okay. And then down the stairs. You know, the line snaked through. I don't mm-hmm. know what people were hoping that somebody would leave the room in the middle of the lecture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were people lined up all the way, apertures, I think, on the fourth floor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. and the line went all the way down to the street. Wow. They couldn't hear what Kudelka was saying, but they were standing there anyway. <laughs> it's amazing. They would say, like, I was in the same building with Kudelka. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Proximity. Yeah. <laughs> well, he is. He, is he really is like a mythical, I mean, his whole story, I mean, of. It's the way he works. It's like that level of commitment is just, I think, like when you see somebody that's able to do it and then obviously make the work he does, yeah. you know, he's just, it all comes together. And he is, you know, he's a very unique photographer. Um, we had a chance to uh, meet him face to face recently uh-huh. at the opening of this place at the Brooklyn Museum. A uh-huh. uh, good friend of ours, Zhang Jin Lee, is one of the photographers in the show, and uh-huh. she was kind enough to invite us. And, and Kudelka is another one of the artists in that exhibition. So, uh-huh. a really amazing, uh, epic project by Frederick Brenner, who brought together really some of the best and most important image makers uh-huh. um, out there, you know, people like Gilles Perez, uh-huh. Thomas Struff. Uh, Rosalind Solomon, Wendy Ewald, yeah, well. 
Um, there's so many. I mean, I'm, I'm leaving people out. Kudelka is one of them, and mm-hmm. he was walking around with his vest. <laughs> we were laughing about it. <laughs> yeah. Always had yeah. the same vest, you know, and uh-huh. he, it kind of keeps coming off his shoulders, and then he wears it around uh-huh. his elbows. It's quite a quite a character, quite a figure, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, there was a, a public forum mm-hmm. planned for that night, and he was on his way out, so we stopped him and, and exchanged a few words. Um, but it was very private. Mm-hmm. There were there were a few few people in the galleries because everybody was already in the auditorium, mm-hmm. and so I had a, a moment with my childhood hero, oh, wow. and was able to tell him about how exiles followed me through the different continents on a kind mm-hmm. of pilgrimage, or mm-hmm. or, or in exile really by any other word. Mm-hmm. Um, it really uh, is one of those fundamental books for me. It's. Um, it's never stopped inspiring me, mm-hmm. and uh, I feed off of photographers who um, tap into the poetic and the political simultaneously. And I think Kudelka does mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely. And so uh, that that's my favorite kind of mm-hmm. statement. Something mm-hmm. that um, is powerful at the level of individual image, but also has a, a larger, more literary. Mm-hmm ambition mm-hmm, mm-hmm. more poetic ambition mm-hmm. as a whole as a book well and like photography does such a good job of mixing you know the the poetic beautiful visual with the mm-hmm. political historical yeah. you know there's still the the very fact of the evidentiary like the photo as evidence and photo as historical artifact mm-hmm. too yeah. and i think like mixing all of those different kind of aspects to it is pretty fascinating so the next book we have is robert frank mm-hmm. yeah this is my pick and that's your pick. And this is this is an interesting one. I've never seen this one before, um, and it's called Come Again. It's a Steidel book. Yes. I mean, he published it maybe like two or three books every year, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Steidel. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. And I mean, when I first came uh, to New York in 2005, of course I was a very hungry student who could only spend money on, you know, the paper and the film, mm-hmm. anything else. And then I saw this book, I think it came out in 2006. I love it. I just love, I love his, his work, but also the, this book, as, this form. Uh, I was just fell in love with it, but I couldn't walk, afford it, even mm-hmm. though it was like $25. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'd rather, like, oh, I had to buy a, a box of paper instead. Right, 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 yeah. Your but, work first. Right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, I was like, someday I'll buy it, but it was sold out so quickly. Wow! And I'm like, oh no, I should get it right now. So I looked looked at on Amazon, and then it, the price went up like thousand or something. Whoa. So I was I was so like shocked, and I couldn't really give up. So I mm. looked for the book like almost every day. And somehow one guy, like nobody, I don't know, had these two copies, and then I I bought it. I think he doesn't he doesn't really know uh-huh, how uh-huh. the value wore out. Uh-huh. But soon after the second copy came out, but I got it for twenty five dollars. Oh wow! Nice. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> wow! So this is so this and this is what's interesting about this book is definitely like the paper and then the mm-hmm. photos beautiful. on top of it is beautiful. What is where are the photo? Okay, the photos have been taken within the context of the mm-hmm. photographical project. Oh, Beirut mm-hmm. city center. Okay, and then 
Yeah, and I did, when I was looking at it, I didn't even realize that they, there's a couple sections that fold out into, it's mm-hmm. like a triptych, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this like is a re- notebook uh, mm-hmm. paper, but placed uh, the Polaroid with a tape, mm-hmm. uh, kind of shiny right. surface. And yeah. notebooks are really important in her For practice. Me, yeah. Mm. Yes. One of, yeah, the recent project that I'm working on is based on my diaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking about this book because of uh, the recent project. So I pulled out this book recently mm-hmm. more and then I looked at it because I was thinking of making a book with a new work. Yeah. No, it, it does. It definitely has, has, has that, yeah, yeah, has that feel of, you know, like a sketchbook. Like it's mm-hmm. something in, in progress that it's not quite mm-hmm. complete. I don't, I'm not going to be able to put this in there yeah. all that time. I'll do it. <laughs> no, I think like it, it's so, did you guys make it to the Robert Frank exhibition? We did. Yeah. How did you like that? <laughs> <laughs> well, we made a reservation, but we had to wait like 50, For the talk. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. 50 minutes. And then standing room only. He talked for like five minutes, mm-hmm. but for me it was it was a very special experience to hear him, even though it was very short. Mm-hmm. Um, I was happy to see him, legendary photographer, when he is still alive, and you know, happy to give a talk. Yeah, I mean, it's what's obviously you know the Amer- it's it'll be you know he's gonna be known for the Americans, whatever. It's gonna be, but he's done so much work and like so yeah. much amazing yeah. things that he's like. This is a true iconoclastic art, artist, you know what I mean? He always did what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Like, that's such a rare thing, you know? And I, it just, that's history, though, that he gets kind of wrapped up in this, you know, amazing book that just revolutionized, mm-hmm. you know, a certain type of photography. And I guess you can, you know, maybe that's every artist's dream, but you can't really, you know, predict how that stuff's going to happen, you know? Maybe, Have any of you seen uh, the film he did on the Rolling Stones called... Cocksucker Blues. I have never <laughs> seen that now. No. There was a big lawsuit, and apparently it can only be shown like in his presence. Oh, really? And it's not oh, distributed. Okay. Wow. Um, That's and I saw the <laughs> screening of it at, uh, I think, Anthology Film Center once, uh-huh. and I, I didn't see Robert Frank, but I'm like, oh, I wonder if he has to be here. Oh, <laughs> wow. Right. Gotta be. Oh. What I like about his book is also his work is his uh, like Americans are very classic black and white photograph, but many of his book has you know like freedom. He with you know combining with the text or how do you say he? It's like scribbled or uh-huh. like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Polaroid. Polaroid, yeah. Mm-hmm. Scratches, scratches. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. about that. Yeah. So like that, yeah, the physicality of it, feeling like the hand, the handmade part of it too. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting, like you had to take that part of it and how we were talking before about the mm-hmm. digital manipulation uh-huh. where you do, do you feel like there's the same thing? Do you, do you feel like there's a similar, like constructing and doing all that stuff in the computer? Do you feel, do you feel like it's the same kind of work that you're doing or is it like the, 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 the tactile experience? I think it doesn't matter if it's analog or digital. Mm-hmm. I'm open to technology and I think I'm I'm good at mm-hmm. unless it, it took over the position of what photography is right it's because I see a lot of you know project that is mm-hmm. 
just like digital piece, not uh-huh. photography. Right. Then I'm really against it. Right, but, right, you know, right. As far as you use technology, it's part of the the process wisely. Mm-hmm. I think that's fine. So what about so that is your project in between double? Is that all done in the computer? Right. Because <laughs> yeah. those are beautiful. I mean, those yeah, I would look at it and they look completely like I would not even know that it's. <laughs> You know, because obviously double exposures is, goes back a long time, but they look right. like they're all done in camera. Yeah, I wanted to have more control mm-hmm. to make the uh, multiple exposures, so mm-hmm. I decided to do it in the computer. Wow. How many images go into seven, eight? Uh, oh, really? Yeah, sometimes into one of them. Mm-hmm. Wow! And but but there's but they're meant to make it look like it's just one double exposure. No, not no, 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 no. Wow, I guess I have to go look closer now because uh, you look at them at the first. Yeah. I had the same reaction as you with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> once I yeah. once I saw the layered file. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, like, you get to wow. see behind. Yeah, you do. the curtain opens <laughs> up. Yeah. You really? La- I thought you didn't let him see anything though. You- no. Who said she let me? So I think that's interesting. We've had a couple of co- other couples. Tamara, Tamara, yeah. Who's the other one? I can't remember. Who's the other one? <laughs> I have a bad memory. Whatever, I have a bad memory. But uh, well, how do you feel? Just the nature of like that, the relationship having two photographers working. Like, does it? Do you collaborate on ideas? Are you talking about ideas and projects, or is it kind of you go off and do your thing, you do your thing, and then you know? At what point do you kind of talk it over? Or do you talk it over? What's the nature of the collaboration, I guess, is what I'm asking. Russet and Jeff. Oh, Russet and Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I always felt like it would be cosmically redundant to date a photographer. Uh, so, <laughs> right. like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like branch out a little bit. Physicist or dancer. I tell my mm-hmm. students all things being equal, marry rich. <laughs> right, right. Uh, you know, but... Actually, Guatemala and Korea, I mean, we got married in Seoul, mm-hmm. um, and it was a traditional Korean wedding. Mm-hmm. It goes back to the 16th century. Wow. Hmm. Okay, so Guatemalan, my knowledge of Korea was really the negative space between Japan, China, and Mongolia. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about Korea, much less did I ever imagine that I would one day marry mm-hmm. in a traditional Korean wedding in Seoul. And so the distance culturally mm-hmm. between Guatemala and Seoul is enormous. Mm-hmm. And photography is really the common language for us. I mean, mm-hmm. we, it's the glue. Mm-hmm. It, this is how we communicate. Mm-hmm. We love photography. Mm-hmm. When we travel, we uh, get up, you know, have some breakfast, go shoot, mm-hmm. walk, 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 stop for lunch, mm-hmm. continue shooting have a drink, have a coffee, Mm -hmm. continue shooting, have dinner, Mm -hmm. continue shooting. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, you know, we just live photography and that's the glue. But it's also, and I think what's one of our favorite things is the walking too. Mm -hmm. Like having Mm -hmm. somebody who just like to be out and like doing that. And I was, you know, I was wake up on my Saturday morning today and I was like, oh, I get two and a half hours to just go out and roam and take <laughs> pictures. And I think that's pretty cool that you have someone else that's mm-hmm. like, has that same, oh, this is exactly what I want to do, you know? <laughs> yeah. So do you guys, when you're out shooting together, do you ever, is it you're stepping on each other's toes or like the photographs you take, like, <laughs> like completely different? I think luckily we uh, point different things. Uh-huh. So when he started talking to the stranger, 
I would just go somewhere else. And photographing the wall, yeah. the empty wall, the back street. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I come back in five minutes or ten minutes and yeah. have a drink. <laughs> yeah. But that's amazing because you want to do that anyways. Like uh, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh well, I can go do this and you can do your thing. I mean, that's such an I mean, it's like you know, natural rhythm, I think, is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious. Maybe someday we'll do a whole project just on couples that go out and photograph mm-hmm. together. I think it would be fascinating. I think we, we kind of have an unspoken rule maybe that mm-hmm. if somebody's already photographing something, mm-hmm. then we don't photograph the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, first come, first serve. You saw it, you own it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I feel like uh, Hideon is very delicate and mm-hmm. very considerate. And um, I sometimes feel a little bit bad about that because I feel like maybe I'm stepping on her toes mm-hmm. a little bit too mm-hmm. much. But it's really hard to find somebody that you can actually go out and shoot with. Mm-hmm. On mm-hmm. the other hand, if, uh, if you're stuck with a photographer and you don't enjoy taking photographs yourself, there's no <laughs> oh, worse yeah. punishment on earth <laughs> yeah. than to go for a walk with a photographer. <laughs> they will ignore you the entire walk. Yeah. And you, you'll have to wait sometimes for 10 minutes on yeah. a random corner. God knows what they're looking for. <laughs> exactly. And then <laughs> finally they'll move only to stop a block later yeah. and do the same thing. You want to kill yourself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't even imagine. It's like, and like it's completely capricious. You're like, oh, I'm just going to walk over there. And like, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know. I got a sense. I see the light. Something. There might be something over there. Who knows? You know? I like, yeah, but that's yeah, part yeah. of the beauty of it because you don't, mm. sometimes you stumble upon something magnificent sometimes you're like how do I get out of here you know but do you guys ever like consider working on projects together do you have anything in the works or you like you do your thing you do your thing I rely on her Mm -hmm. um, for feedback Mm -hmm. yeah we we do our own project but we give like feedback or advice all the time Mm -hmm. you know the the freelancing um rhythm of life uh, for a photographer Mm -hmm. is very, very tough Mm -hmm. because sometimes you apply for five, six, seven things and nothing pans out. And then, Mm -hmm. well, you go to the movies and you drink coffee. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes you apply for five, six, seven things and three things work out. Mm -hmm. What the hell do you do? Mm -hmm. You're only one person. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're juggling. And I think you have a a standard that you Mm want to keep, a standard Mm -hmm. of excellence and you need somebody to tell you this is not done yet. Mm-hmm. The, you know, you to, okay, hold on. You know, like this is not ready. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. at that point, you uh, you get a reality check. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, I have a solo show coming up in Guatemala, mm. and um, I had to print the entire show in one day. Wow! So Heidi Young. <laughs> You know, spent the day with me. We mm-hmm. worked 14 mm-hmm. hours like mm-hmm. beasts, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I couldn't have done it without her. Yeah. And yeah, it had to be that day. Mm. Now, that's not the way I like to operate. Mm. And of course, when I, I used to print for people like Gilles Perez, mm. um, for Rosalind Solomon, mm. for Lois Greenfield, I printed wow. freelance on uh, Mary Ellen Mark, Richard Avedon. Mm. Wow. So you, I'm a printer. you're a printer. I'm a printer. You're a printer. Do you do, so you do freelance printing too? Not anymore. Not anymore? No. Not anymore. No. I'm not interested. Oh. I, you know, <laughs> at some point I gave it up when uh-huh. I, uh, I paid my dues and it was great mm-hmm. and I learned a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, from these photographers mm-hmm. m- more than I ever did in grad school. Mm-hmm. I mean, the really uh, what it means to be a photographer and, and how to best do it. 
mm-hmm. I learned by being close to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but even with all of that experience and let's say in the darkroom, if you were going to print a show, which I did many times for, mm-hmm. uh, let's say, Gilles Perez retrospective at Howard Greenberg mm-hmm. Gallery, mm-hmm. that took us more than two months to print those. Mm-hmm. And I was in that darkroom all day long, every day of the week. I'd come in before Gilles' wife woke up in the morning. Oh, I would wow. leave after they had dinner. Wow. And that was that would go on for two months, let's say, wow. just to get one show done. Wow. We did it in 14 hours because that's <laughs> digital for you. You can, uh-huh. you can do it, but I, I couldn't have done it without her. We wow. really needed, um, you know, if there was a last-minute tweak of the mm-hmm. file that you needed to, to get the image where it needed mm-hmm. to be, it's so much easier if you have an extra pair of eyes and you know you yeah you and you can make your together. you speak you can you know right away like this is what you have to do and there's no kind of like uh, dissonance between you that's it that's I, I didn't I guess I didn't realize that you had the printing background it's amazing yeah mm-hmm. I don't so, think we've had a printer no, no, no I, yeah, that's again, done that kind of we have, through the podcast we're like oh we could do so many different other types of pie all about printing all about whatever but we focus on the books <laughs> the next book we have here and this is another one. I, you know, this is the same thing. Anders Peterson, Cafe Lemmet. Um, it's another one of those like legendary books that I just have never seen. Mm-hmm. And here it is. And it's what, you know, when I was looking through this and we were photographing, I was like, I just loved how he done the little micro sequences, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, the two or three people and like those in the two little moments that are just separated by. Mm-hmm. You know, it maybe I don't know. It could have been like within a, a few seconds or a few minutes, or maybe it was within the whole night. Yeah. And I like, I guess I didn't realize that was like a large chunk of the book, you know, until you see the book, you know, because mm-hmm. if you see the stuff that goes around the web, it's normally like, you know, again, like the ten photos that are pulled out of it. But going through the book, it's completely different. So why why did you guys bring this book? What does this one uh, mean to you? I would introduce him uh, from Jaime when he was. Um, uh, preparing his book mm-hmm. because uh, I know that Anderson designed all his books and the book itself is beautiful and I love that this book is all about the Café Limits that he mm-hmm. spent two years for this book. You know, everything that we could see in the life was in that little, like, um, beer joint. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That that we can't really find nowadays in the city mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. There's no people like talking to each other, laugh to each other, or mm-hmm. you know, dance. Mm-hmm. If you if you photograph somebody in the cafe these days, everybody will be the same looking at the phone. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or their Apple uh, laptop. Yeah, I feel I felt like I was talking. In the library, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we'll kick, we'll be kicked out very soon. <laughs> right. Talk in the cafe. Oh yeah, like exactly. It's obscene to oh no, they are very yeah. uncomfortable. That's why I don't go to them. <laughs> but like <laughs> now, this. So this, when I look at this, is I mean, you know, I'm from Central Minnesota, smaller. You know, this is kind of like your local bars in smaller Midwestern places, where you'll see that where everyone, you know, it's the the Cheers, whatever. Everyone yeah. knows yeah. each yeah. other, yeah. and it's really like, I don't know, like and there's. Like bar bar flies and people that frequent bars and people that drink a lot and whatever like there's that that after hours kind of like hidden life you know what I mean mm-hmm. that where the rules normal rules of like how you conduct yourself in society like 
like they don't really apply, you know, like mm-hmm. things, you know, there's, 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 there's a mix, there's kind of like, you don't know what can necessarily happen. Um, and it's very theatrical too. Mm-hmm. Like you look at how many of the people in this book are just posing for the camera and they love it and like they're there and like his ability to just kind of blend in there and be like one of them. Like there's no way you can make these photographs if he wasn't there having fun and drinking and and being one of the people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like that just comes so through in the photos. The story uh, of how the the project started is really fantastic. Mm Uh, he came into the bar for a beer and sat down with a stranger on a table. Mm-hmm. And he had his camera with him, a young, very young man, mm-hmm. very, very young man. And um, he got up to go to the restroom, left the camera on the table. And when he came back, people were passing the camera around, <laughs> shooting pictures of each other. <laughs> wow. And so he said, would you mind if I took some of yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> wow. And that's how the whole thing started. That's amazing. That is amazing. No, I think I wonder what happened. Did he incorporate those photos? No, I don't think mm. they're. I don't think they're there. But it, uh, what you said, that sense of, um, you know, interactivity or communication, mm-hmm. where he is one of them. Literally, you know, it's at the very beginning of the project. You know, it's his camera being passed around. Mm-hmm. How, how much mm-hmm. more could that be a shared identity? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everybody's exactly. a subject. Everybody's mm-hmm. a photographer. Yeah, right? exactly. No, I love it. I have to. This is one of those I have to get my hands on. Like I said, you finally get to see something like this, and it has an impact. Um, you know, another one too is like this is Rosalind Solomon, Rosalind Fox Solomon, and this is from. This is called them, mm-hmm. and this was all. You guys just said you saw this in the. Oh, Jaime's in this. You're gonna talk about it, right? I'm gonna talk about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> <But> you brought it. <laughs> Well, well, so this was just, it's in the, um, you said it's in the, the exhibition at Brooklyn. This place. This place. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a very interesting book because it um, confronts Israelis and Palestinians mm-hmm. in the facing pages of the book. Mm-hmm. But the word them, you know, that could go either way. Mm-hmm. Israelis mm-hmm. refer to them and Palestinians refer to them. And throughout the book, there are single lines of dialogue that Rosalind overheard. Mm. So you have the pictures, and somehow, and in this, uh, Jeff Rosenheim said it very beautifully uh, the night of the opening at, at this place. He said, it doesn't matter who's Israeli and who's Palestinian. And also, you never know who's uttering the line. So it's almost like the theater of the absurd. It's almost mm. like going to a UNESCO play. Mm. And it, it, the images are punctuated by these very cutting, commemorable little fragments of dialogue. Right. And of course, Rosalind herself um, has moved into performance. And she's, unlike 99% mm-hmm. of the photographers, most of her effort is in voice lessons these days. Oh, wow, she, really? She wants to know how to project her voice to an audience. And the writing, too. And writing, writing. Really? And, and, and uh, emoting on stage. Uh-huh. That's interesting. So the we whole book really has yeah. the, the theatrical charge mm-hmm. of a UNESCO play of a Theater of the Absurd. Wow. For me. So well, she once had a performance uh projected these images in the back and then she performed with this text. <laughs> oh really? Wow. I mean she certainly can make a photograph too. 
<laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, yeah, the portraits is, it's insane. It's just the, yeah. Wow. Another very prolific artist, really, Rosalind has. Her archive is stunning. <laughs> I imagine. Where does yeah. she live? Just yes, really. Oh, she lives in New York? Yeah, she lives in New York. Have she you met her before? I printed for her. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. oh wow. Yeah, once upon a time, uh, Gilles Perez loaned me out mm-hmm. to Rosalind. Rosalind had to get through some, some work that she had mm-hmm. done in South Africa, and, and Gilles had a lull. Um, he was between projects, which was very rare. But, um, yeah, so Rosalind needed help, and I agreed to help her. And um, it was um, it was my first introduction to her work. Wow. Hmm. We'll help her. We'll have to get her on the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll have to see what she says. Yeah, we can put in a good word. <laughs> put in a good word. What's so the, the, the last, last book? One, yeah. And like this one's the one you told me, and you're telling me like, this one has had a pretty big impact on you. That's uh, one you said you keep. Yeah, Berlin. Mm-hmm. Mitch Epstein, another legendary photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, very beautiful, large format, I believe. They got it. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. He only works with a large format camera. Large yeah. format photograph. So what's, what's the, how, why is this having such an impact on you? Well, um, what I, what I admire mm-hmm. about the book and I think it's endlessly, uh, fascinating is that it feels almost like a puzzle. So he approaches a city like mm-hmm. Berlin. Mm-hmm. And the book is completely haunted by a history of Berlin. Not mm-hmm. every history of Berlin, Mitch Epstein's take on Berlin, mm-hmm. which is fundamentally World War II, mm-hmm. Nazi Germany, mm-hmm. and then the divided Berlin, mm-hmm. East and West. And so the book opens with uh, an absolutely mystifying image of a um, a laptop sitting on a tripod in the middle mm-hmm. of the graves of the Jewish cemetery. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's a ghost story mm-hmm. at that point, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there is this flickering consciousness there of the laptop. And then the book moves in, in a very grand manner mm-hmm. through all sorts of historically charged mm-hmm. places and how mm-hmm. they look today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it ends with a rose garden planted by um, the, the prisoners of Stasi, the, the secret police of East Germany. And it, and it just moves in a kind of very epic manner through, uh, through the history of the city. It reminds As, me, of, yeah, it kind of reminds me of a little bit, we had Ron Jude's book on, <laughs> but just like the way the, the sequencing, too, how important the sequencing is and how you can take I mean, he's one of those photographers that just fundamentally believes in the power of the frame, of the image, mm-hmm. that the images and the photos can carry a book this way. You know, the text doesn't doesn't get in the way, and it's just, um, yeah, this definitely is one of those books where you got to kind of have it hanging around, too, and, like, look through it multiple mm-hmm. times and kind of, like, you know, rediscover it. And I think those books are really interesting. When, when I go to a city like Beijing mm-hmm. or a city like Havana, this book is always in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to imitate Mitch Epstein. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't work with a large format camera. And I also don't have 
uh, a kind of uh, catalog of significant places that I'm going to explore. Mm -hmm. It's just I love how, um, you know, the statement itself about the city seems so round Mm -hmm. and so magnificent. I mean, Mm -hmm. what he can take from a city and how Mm -hmm. he can create his own version of that Mm -hmm. place, it floors me. And so I get to a city like Beijing where, you know, history, I mean, it's so ancient that history seems to stretch back to the origins of culture. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then it's so like unsustainable and dysfunction that it stretches to maybe the last city on earth right. before the human race was extinct. Right, right, right. You know, you're, you're face to face with a city like Beijing and somewhere in the back of your mind, you're like, what? how would Mitch Epstein photograph, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. photograph this? It's interesting that Beijing has come up a couple times. John Francis Peters was on the show, was talking about Beijing. Um, Kate Opperman also talked about China. China too, where like these modern Chinese cities are just so overwhelming and the pollution is so bad that you're just like, you don't think, like, what is going on? What is going on with the world, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think there's definitely something very true to it of, like, it being, like, the last city, you know? Mm-hmm. Before before the... Oblivion. Oblivion, <laughs> or, maybe you're, or maybe that's, maybe that's you know, we reached the end, and now we got to turn, you know, to the next chapter or something. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't been, I don't know. Like, China doesn't have that draw. I want to go to Japan, you know? That's where I want to go, or South Korea too. Mm-hmm. I'm a bit interested in Seoul. I heard Seoul is like another universe as well too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I, I learned uh, more when I started going back with Jaime. Mm-hmm. I mean, for him, uh, he doesn't know the language, he doesn't know the people, he doesn't know the culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought I know enough, so I wanted to take him to the nicer place, but he just wanted to, you know, get lost. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm bad at direction, so I'm perfect companion. <laughs> so we just, you know, walk around with no plan. We just take the train and get off wherever we, we feel mm-hmm. like, and then walk around. And then also me living outside of Korea for a long time, uh, going back to my country, it looks, you know, I find different things and, you know, it has different view, mm-hmm. point of view. And it's so interesting to see how things comes out in my camera. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, it's such a technologically advanced kind of like, I mean, I guess I'm just projecting what I feel. But like <laughs> it is very, I don't know, is it is that technology like pervasive? Is it, is, is it kind of in the imagination? You know, like I think the same way of Tokyo too. Like mm-hmm. I always remember that like <clears throat> a lot of the new technologies that come out are first tested in the Asian markets in like Korea and in, in Tokyo. Like the you know, that's where they test out new technologies, you know. So I always have this like idea of these like crazy technologically advanced mm-hmm. cities, you know. Well, for example, I work for a magazine and mm-hmm. I have to upload and download a lot of like huge files mm-hmm. to their server and then it takes uh, to upload the final uh, retouched image takes like 10 minutes mm-hmm. to upload one. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, I got used to do it. But once the editor came here to uh, for the fashion week, she had to download one small JPEG uh, that takes one minute to download in her hotel. Mm-hmm. She told me, it took so long, I yeah. can't do it. Yeah. So I asked my, my colleague in Korea to do it yeah. for, for me. 
So for them, one minute is too long. Wow. Well, Korea is supposed to have some of the fastest internet yeah. in the yeah. world. Huh? Wow, that's amazing. I need to go. I need to go. <laughs> that's what I want forever. It's like, give me fast internet. Come on, United States. Fast like, internet and then spicy, <laughs> spicy food. food. Spicy food. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, there's a lot. My uh, cousin is, is Korean, and she's been living there now. So she's really? back in. She adopted, so she's from Korea now. She's, but she's back working mm. there. So she knows. I just follow her Instagram, and it's all. She's a foodie, too. So oh. I've heard Samsung owns the majority of property in Seoul. Oh, yeah. What? Really? Yeah. Well, I guess it's like Colombia. Colombia. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, from yeah. Yeah. Where you, where yeah. you downtown, Colombia uptown. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right, right. They all know your yeah. You won't find anything on the real estate because it's all owned by oh, Colombia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, That's a certain true. area is all Samsung territory. You know, her nephew came to visit us from Korea. Guy was, how old was he when he came? 10. He was 10. Uh huh. And after a few days in New York, he was greatly disappointed, huh. and he started questioning everything. And he was like, "But Seoul is so much more efficient than New York City. <laughs> and things are so dirty here. The people eat in the subway. Yeah. You walk in, and there's no even like there's no real sense of how, when the next train is coming. Mm -hmm. And then they're not always on time. And <laughs> you know, and he was like, "Why does the United States even lead the world? I mean, we." <laughs> Yeah, this is from a 10-year-old. Yeah. He was <laughs> yeah. So disappointed yeah. with what he found in New York. Um, because he imagined it to be a, a completely different thing. Yeah. I actually love the fact that New York is kind of third worldish. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I, I get a, I get a huge part. kick uh, out of that. Parts, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, I wish it was more like that. I mean, the, the tragedy with a, a place like Willits Point uh, ceasing to exist or the Fulton Fish yeah. Market mm -hmm. um, is that. Well, Willits Point. That's the oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fulton Fish Market, oh. Coney Island, you know, the travesty of that, how mm -hmm. it was first broken up and then brought back as an ersatz Coney Island. That kind of thing really distresses me. I prefer mm -hmm. the New York City where there is no sense of fashion because everybody's so individualistic and mm. stubborn and they want to dress whatever they want to dress. Mm. You know, I, that's the kind of New York that I encountered when I came in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And that's not the New York where we live nowadays mm. anymore. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I miss that, you mm -hmm. know, the kind of like very heady mix of immigrants and longtime residents mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um, a city that was not corporate in particular. Um, that's something that, that is not, not there anymore. Mm -hmm. but well, but compared to, for example, Korea, as my ne uh, nephew found out in the end of his trip, he, it was his agenda to figure out where the power of America, uh, United States came from. <laughs> guns? Yeah. Oh, no. yeah. Uh, guns and drugs. Guns and drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Rock and roll. Oil. <laughs> I still find it there, here. So that's why, that's why I like uh, New York. Well, it's always love and hate, but I still see it. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, I mean, the eye-opening thing to me is when I moved to Queens. And I know you go into a story and it's like, oh, come on. A story. Like, there's not, it's not like you're going into a completely different neighborhood, but like mm -hmm. parts of Queens, like on a subtle shift, like it's just a different kind of like rhythm or different mm -hmm. kind of vibe to it. Mm -hmm. And I, there's nothing, you, you can't really explain it without living there for a long time. And I'm just like, these days, like I would so not, 
ever want to go into Manhattan. Like, I just don't want to, I could just stay in Queens. And to me, Queens is Mm -hmm. its own city. It's its own, Mm -hmm. it's a huge city. You know what I mean? If you take it outside of New York, it's one of the biggest cities in the country, right? You know? So to me, it has its own downtowns and Flushing and Long Island City and its own kind of thing. So I think that's one thing that I always, you know, New York can be so many different things. Like I can Mm -hmm. move to, from Brooklyn to Greenpoint to Queens, and all of a sudden I'm in a different universe. You can go from Queens to Harlem, you know, and you got those type of things. So I think, like, yeah, maybe if people are coming and looking for that, like, downtown Manhattan sense of the gritty or whatever, and, like, that may be gone, but I think what happens is, like, you have to kind of, like, search out some of the other parts of the city, you know, Mm -hmm. like Staten Island, the Bronx, all these Mm -hmm. things, I don't know. Um, That's true, but go find a diner in Harlem. It's impossible. No. Find bistros every corner, yeah. but like an old, good old-fashioned diner where you can get eggs and toast and coffee for a few bucks. That's it doesn't exist. More. No, you spend 20 bucks on breakfast. Got to go to Queens for that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, not a story. I mean, a story is all filled with, you know. There's diners up there. There's a couple, yeah. I mean, they're not very good, though. That's a thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Why do you, come on, man. I live in Queens. Like, you know, food is, you know, you, it's tough to not be a little bit of a food snob in Queens, you know. There's, or all of New York, I would guess, yeah. you know. That was the thing. So what are you guys, what's coming up? What are you guys working on? Well, I did a residency in Woodstock last mm-hmm. year. Uh, there was... Uh, the project I really wanted to do before f- 40, mm-hmm. and that was uh, based on my diaries that I uh, have written since I was middle school. Mm-hmm. So I brought 75 diaries from Korea wow. and brought them all to Woodstock and read them all. And then uh, based on what I've kind of learned again, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made a self-portrait project. Wow. There. And I'm working on it. Um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. And you're going to be going to Cuba. Well, I'm uh, so different things. Let's say mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. the work that I do in Cuba, I consider more of a series than mm-hmm, a project. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a difference there. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> because normally I, I, I need more time to really develop something into a project. Mm-hmm. Um, the project that I'm working on right now is called The Street Becomes, and it, it comes out of a residence that I did. I was a fellow at the Smithsonian mm-hmm. in 2014, and I spent the summer in D.C. doing research. Uh, the Smithsonian has millions of photographs in their archives, but I concentrated on a very small portion of that. Um, I was um, Physically, I was in the archives of the Anacostia Museum most oh, wow. of the time which is the African-American Museum Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. at the Smithsonian, and it's not in the mall. Mm -hmm. It's in a completely different location. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I developed a project uh, that is interested in how the street itself changes in times of war and peace, but I didn't take any photographs for it. Uh, Instead, I um, uh, arbitrarily determined that Piece would be images from the 1980s Latino mm-hmm. festival mm-hmm. in D.C., uh, where you know people go out on the street and they they stage a celebration of their own identity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be peace, and then war would be represented by images taken by the U.S. Marine Corps mm-hmm. of the occupation of Haiti and Nicaragua and Dominican Republic in the beginning of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. So two very different 
bodies of work. Mm-hmm. And the search took me to other archives in Maryland wow. and in different li- public libraries in DC. It's amazing. And I, um, you know, I digitized hundreds of images. Wow. And then I did something that I think is a very common mistake uh, when you are in the middle of your career, which mm-hmm. is um, you wait for support to come. So I said, well, I, I had a fellowship from the Smithsonian. I'm sure I will get a grant to do this and a residence mm-hmm. to do that. And I, you know, I applied for a bunch of things and nothing panned out. Mm-hmm. And then a year later, I was like, okay, it's time to do it. I don't care if somebody is going mm-hmm. to fund this or if conditions, because, you know, in your own head, you say maybe I want six weeks of uninterrupted time to really give this the best that I can give it as an mm-hmm. artist. Mm-hmm. You don't want to give it little pieces, bits and pieces in between life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to just to clear out your schedule and give it the royal treatment, mm-hmm. you know? This is the best I can do. Mm-hmm. For six weeks, just this. Mm-hmm. So I've been working on um, transforming the source images mm-hmm. into artwork mm-hmm. um, because they're very, very different. So if you're looking at 1980s photographs from DC mm-hmm. by local photographers, then uh, they're shot 35 millimeters, sometimes on slides, sometimes transparency, mm-hmm. sometimes black and white with uh, SLR cameras. But if you're looking at US Marine Corps, mm-hmm. you're looking at 4x5 and 8x10 cameras mm-hmm. at the beginning of the 20th century. And how do you then create a book and an exhibition mm-hmm. where they can function harmoniously mm-hmm when you put them into the context of that, of facing mm-hmm. pages or, or a sequence on the wall. And and I've made a lot of progress uh, in the last few months on that. And, uh, and that's what I'm putting my energy into right now. Uh, Cuba is um, ongoing, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it's just a series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it'll ever be right, anything right. else in the series. Right. I find it fascinating, the transition that it's going through. Mm-hmm. And I don't like to anticipate or get ahead too much. Mm-hmm. Maybe someday, someday it will be a book or someday mm-hmm. I will consider a project. Mm-hmm. But I would probably have to go back to Havana a few more times and spend more time mm-hmm. in Havana, really, you know, just uh, a month or two at a time and, right. and, and just work. Wow, amazing. Well, thank you so much, guys. Yes, thanks. Thank amazing. Our pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for bringing Exiles here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All the books yeah. and the conversation. No, we really, really appreciate it. Thanks again for joining us. You can go behind the scenes of this episode, see the work of our guests and the photos we discussed by visiting our Tumblr and lpvshow.com. If you'd like to support the production of the show, this year we are offering a subscription for $20. As a subscriber, you will get exclusive access to our weekly email newsletter, which will contain a bonus conversation about some of the interesting stories we find on the web. Also, at the end of the year, we'll be raffling off three awesome photo books exclusively to our subscribers. We appreciate your support and hope you continue to enjoy the show. If you have any questions, please feel free to send them to info at lpvshow.com or connect with us on Twitter at lpvshow. The LPV Show is executive produced by Brian Formals and Tom Starkweather. Our score is by Tom Starkweather, who also mixes the show. Special thanks to Eddie Volanti and Brett A. Davis. Thanks for listening. <laughs>